So today we're starting a, a new prayer series, and uh, the heart really is to help us understand what prayer is about. And Nikki Gumbel, who is the kind of the founder of the Alpha Course, we just started the Alpha Course this last week, he tells, <laughs> it's obviously not true, but he tells a story, he says there was this guy that like slipped down this like rock face and he was hanging on to like a tuft of grass. And like many of us, we pray those panic prayers. This guy wasn't a believer in any way, but he was like, God, if you're real, please, would you save me? And he heard this voice from heaven. I am real. If you would just let go of the grass, my angels will catch you. He thought about it for a moment and he said, is anyone else up there? <laughs> so many of us pray those crisis prayers and uh, we, God often answers them in ways that we don't really understand uh, and sometimes there's an element of faith to it but I want to help you understand what it means to pray over the next four weeks and I've just finished uh, a book it was my goal to read the, uh, this book pray first in, in January and so I, I finished it and it's, it's fantastic it, it, it written by a guy called Chris Hodges and he it, it's basically 40 years of compiling all his understanding around prayer and he, he says it's, it's not really motivating people to pray. I think everyone wants a sense, like I need to talk to this creator, but it really helps people understand how to pray. Because I think that's where often the uh, hesitation comes in. It's like, well, I, I don't know how to pray. And then you hear someone pray in your home group or you know, hear a pastor pray at church. You're like, I don't know how to pray like that or just let it free flow. And um, also when it comes to prayer, it's like, well, how long do I have to pray for? You know, do, do pastors spend eight hours praying a day? Like, I don't know. I mean, that, if you're just being honest, that, that might be boring to me. You know what I mean? Like, so I think we're just going to help you understand what it means to pray. And one of the things, uh, one of the few chapters in the book, it was so good. He spoke about five Ps. And he said, uh, we need a you know, priority, a place, a plan, uh, power, and then the persons. And what he was saying is that you need to prioritize this thing first, and that's why it's called prayer first. Um, you need a place to pray. I think you can play, pray anywhere, but sometimes it's nice to have a, a place to pray. Uh, need to have a plan, and we're going to teach you a little bit of that in the weeks to come. But then also how to pray with power and how to pray with authority. Um, because God is a powerful God, and how to tap into that. And then the persons is when we're praying, we're not any praying to, you know, people talk about the big man upstairs, you know. <laughs> we're praying to God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. We, we pray through Jesus the Son, and we pray with the Holy Spirit, and we look at the, the persons, and we look at the names of God, and who he is, because when we, when we trust in God for certain things, there's certain aspects of God that we can believe on and stand with. Are, are you with me? Because God is a powerful God. So when we pray for healing, we, we're understanding that that's an aspect of God, Jehovah Rapha, which is actually what it means, is like, I'm the, I'm the Lord God who heals you. So we need to understand, um, you know, who he is to help us pray. And if you haven't joined us already, um, and it's not too late, the church is on a couple missions this year. One is we're reading the whole Bible in a year. Uh, how are you guys all going? Are you, are you doing okay? I think we're on day 36. Hey, I, I, don't, I don't need a show of hands because then those of you are not, you may feel, I don't want you to come to church and feel guilty, okay? But if you would like to join us, you're welcome to. And it's actually pretty simple to read the Bible in one year. You just, it's just a little bit at a time, you know? And um, it's about 10 to 15 minutes of reading a day. You can even uh, listen to the audio Bible on the Uversion app. And I promise you now, it's so easy. Even when you're driving in your car, you put your earphones in, um, you, can, you can read the whole Bible in one year. Maybe that seems like a big task, daunting task for you, but it really is possible. And we're on day 36, and we're going to make it to the end. We're going to be committed, and we're going to do it. And I really believe that your life will be different 
Not might, it will be different at the end of the year because of just receiving, give us today our daily bread. We're so used to feeding ourselves with food, um, but, but the Bible speaks about spiritual food, and, and I think we just need to realize in our reliance on the spiritual food. And then also, if you haven't joined us talking about food, uh, some of us are fasting, and um, there's a variety of fasts, which I'll talk about a little bit later, but we, we're doing like a 21-day fast. You can fast many different things and options, um, but we really, as a church, and I think right from its inception with, with my parents, you don't want to be a church that prays. We believe it's the engine room. We believe that everything that, anything good that would come out of this place is because God is part of it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be part of a church where it's all up to individuals, where it's all about man. And, and, and you see a lot of these organizations and even ministries, unfortunately, where it's built around the talent of an individual, uh, but it's, it's, it's all about God. It's got nothing to do with us. And any, I hate this word success when it comes to ministry, but any prominence or any kind of growth in this church is, is not attributed to any single individual. Yes, there's an amazing team that we have here together, but it's because God is working. God is at work, and it's because we're trusting him to work in and through. And this church is, is a bit of an exciting stage. I really believe God's doing something. It's growing, and um, I just attribute all of that to, to God. We, I, I like to say we're just not that good. Seriously. I, I know in my own ability, I'm just not that good. Even, I've told you this before, when it comes to communicating, I was terrified to talk in public when I was at school. Couldn't even talk when I came to do my speech and drama poem, you know, just froze in front of all my friends. They all laughed at me, you know. Um, even when it came to music and, and, and things, you know, there, there's, there's always going to be someone more talented, always someone more better than you. But when we work together collectively uh, and we trust God to work in and through our life, it's actually incredible what he is capable to do in and through us. Are you with me? So any growth in this church is all based on, on prayer. And when we see favor uh, on this church, it's, it's all attributed to God. And there's this word that a lot of people are a little uh, nervous about. You know the word prosperity? You know, people talk about the prosperity gospel or these prosperity type churches. But actually, if you look in the, in the Bible, the, the word prosperity is uh, tzalek, which basically means God will push you forward. That's what it means. And I don't know about you, but I want God to push me forward. Do you want God to nudge your business forward? Do you want God to nudge your marriage forward? To, to nudge your children forward? As a, as a parent, you look at your kids, you just, you, you, you want the best for them. And, and I think we need to understand that God wants to prosper us. It's not to get the prominence, but it's just because God loves us and wants the best for us. His favor is on us, and he just wants to nudge us forward. And any nudging forward that we have as a ministry, as an organization, is all attributed to God. Are you with me? You guys are a little quiet out there today, eh? Are you upset because we lost the rugby? We got whacked yesterday by the Stormers, eh? My goodness. But God is going to push us forward. And I just love what God is doing in this church when it comes to, um, well, so many things. But uh, it was just amazing. Uh, Adele was telling me about Herman, who's part of our church and part of our marketplace. He started a, a Monday morning uh, prayer, prayer group. And uh, I think it's at 6.30, is it? 7 o'clock? Oh, later than I thought, and I'm kidding. Um, but they, they, they're getting together to pray as business people. Isn't it amazing? And that's come out of what the guys have been doing at Marketplace on, on Fridays. And if you are in business, you need to get here on Friday mornings. It's really an incredible time. And they're getting together to pray. And from next week, we're starting something a little new. Many people sign up and volunteer here at the church and you know, serve on production or band or coffee team. But we're going to start a new little kind of a, a group, and that is a group to pray. 
So you can come here any week. Uh, you don't have to sign up for it, but if you're not serving in a, in a team, you can join us at eight o'clock on a Sunday. We, we get a, have our quick little team meeting all together and we pray briefly there, but at quarter past eight through to quarter to nine, so you can still uh, come back down, grab your coffee and just say hi to all your friends, but for half an hour in our staff room upstairs, we're gonna get together to pray. And anyone who feels they have a gift to pray, because I do feel some people are specifically gifted in certain areas. Some of you think you're gifted to sing, but you're just not, okay? I've heard you sing. Um, no, I'm joking. But, but if you're gifted, uh, I mean, all of us as Christians should pray, but if you really feel passionate about prayer, I'd love for you to join us. Um, we've got a production meeting after that, so we'll every now and again come and join with you guys as, as some of the pastors, but we just want people to say, I wanna pray for the service today. I wanna pray God is gonna do something. I mean, we pray anyway, but we just want more prayer because we just believe that there could be someone in this room, and even right now today, sitting on one of those chairs, and this is your first time to church, or you're just far from God, you don't know God, or even there's someone here today that just really is struggling, and you just need God to show up for you today, and God shows up, off the back of people's prayers of faith. Are you with me? So from next week, quarter past eight to quarter to nine, anyone is welcome, and then we'll do it in the evening service as well. Quarter past five to quarter to six, just unofficially gather together and pray. So that's something we're gonna start from next week. And this series, Pray First, is really just to help all of us understand that prayer needs to happen first. Before we go to work, we just pray, God, just use me today at work. Before we have a conversation, particularly a tough one with someone maybe, God, would you help me? Before you take a test or an exam, God, would you help me, okay? Um, before you go to bed at night, God, we just, I just pray for good sleep tonight. Before you, you eat a meal, I mean, I think we're quite good at that sometimes. We, we, we say grace, and it's, we don't want it to be this religious duty, but the reason we, we say grace is we're thanking God for this food, and we ask that it will be a blessing to our body, because particularly in the old days, there were a lot of impurities in the food, and maybe even today. I mean, I don't know, I mean, the, the amount of cancer that you see, I just don't know what we're eating, you know, with the preservatives and all that we're having. So you're saying, God, would you protect me, let this food bless my body, as opposed to destroy my body. Are you with me? That's why we say grace. So we pray first. And... That needs to transcend into all areas of our life. We, we pray first. Are you with me? So just, I think the point will be up on the screen there is prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. It should be our first response, not our last resort. When there's an emergency of sorts, when, when, when there's a, a fire, when someone collapses, we, we immediately get help, Okay. Maybe in South Africa, the help doesn't come as quick as we'd like, but we, we get help. We, we get on the phone and we, and we phone the ambulance or we phone the you know, Gillett's fire station, whatever it is, because that's our first response. But I really believe in our life, prayer in all aspects of our life, it, it should be to go to God as our first response. When you're sick or get a headache, what's your first response? Do you go and get a, a grandpa or discipline? I mean, God's created medicine, he's created people, but, or do we pray? I like to pray first. God, just, I've seen God heal so many times and I've, I've experienced God heal my own life, so I just pray first. Is, is prayer your first response? And, and that's what I wanna help you with today is that we pray first. Normally, we act first and then we ask God to bail us out. How often do we do that? We get ourselves in a situation and then we say, God, can you help? We, we, we pray crisis-type prayers. So the next three messages in the weeks ahead, um, 
Uh, Adele's going to speak next week, and we're going to look at the, like a pattern of prayer and using the, the tabernacle to help us understand prayer. Then I'm also going to look at the Jabez prayer. We're going to give you practical ways in how to pray. But today, actually, we want to concentrate on the second word first. I mean, it could have been first prayer or first pray, but it's just the, the, the book that I'd read recently was called uh, Pray First. But we want to look at the first because I think we've got to get the order right. Because I can encourage you all alike to pray. But if it's not first, it's not going to be effective. Because God wants to be first. And I think if we look at the Bible, it, it, the first words of the Bible give us a good idea of the principle. Anyone know the first words of the Bible? I think we all know it. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, who? God. That's how it starts. In the beginning, God. And we see that throughout the Bible. It's, it's all about him. God first is the secret to a fulfilled life. God first is the secret to a happy marriage. God first is the secret to your relationships, to your business. We have to put him first. I heard the story of this marriage that was in serious, serious trouble. They weren't necessarily Christians or believers, but the story goes that this guy was in the shower and his marriage was an absolute Disaster. His wife wasn't talking to him. It was like a mess. And he actually just broke down and cried out to God. He's like, God, like, if you're real, like, please, just desperate prayer. Would you, would you come through? Like, I, I, if you're even real, just speak to me. And he felt God say something to him, really powerful. When he finally turned to God, he felt God say, I want you to ask your wife one question every day. And he said, okay, I'll do it. Next morning, he woke up. And he said to his wife, what can I do for you today to make you happy? His wife looked at him and said, shut up. <laughs> he says, I'm just asking, is there anything? She's like, just like, get away from me. I mean, it was just a, a mess. Second day came out, what can I do for you today to make you happy? What are you on about? Like our marriage is done, it's over, it, it's no more. I'm gonna keep asking. Third day, what can I do for you today to make me happy? And out of frustration, she says, go clean the garage. Been, it's a mess. How many wives are just nudging their husbands right now? <laughs> we need to get onto that. I know, check, chin nodding. You don't need to remind me every three months. I will get to it. Um, <laughs> so he went and he cleaned the garage. Next day, what can I do for you today to make you happy? She said, go hang up the, the mirrors, the pictures that I asked you to hang up. They've just been lying around. So he went and he did it. And day after day, but the anger in her heart started to soften. Eventually, after about two weeks, he said, what can I do for you today to make, you, or make your life better, to make you happy today? And she just broke down and started to cry. And she looked at him and said, what can I do for you today to make your life better? Isn't it amazing? And how God can restore anything when we just put him first and we listen to him. And that's what this theme for the year is, speak. We just need to be speaking to God and God speaking to us. And God doesn't want to just be a part of your life. He wants to be your whole life. He wants to be in the center, number one, first and center. It's like putting an axle on the edge of a wheel. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. But when we put that axle in the middle of the wheel, the ride is a lot smoother. Yes, we go through ups and downs in the road of life, but it's a lot smoother. And we have to put God first, first in our work, first in our life. Even when it comes to all our recreational stuff, it just it's God must be first, first in our conversations. 
And everything in the Bible is built around this principle. I mean, it, it starts with the first, the Ten Commandments, you know? And you see this principle in the Bible right from the beginning. I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but in Genesis 4, so this is Cain and Abel. They were brother and sister. Um, brother and brother. <laughs> brother and brother. You're so used to saying brother and sister, right? Um, who, who was the first guy to die of alcohol poisoning in the Bible? It was Abel, because Cain killed Abel. It's a real lame dad joke. But anyway, um, who's the first guy to drink a beer? Daniel, when he downed a line. Remember line lagers, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Who's the first guy to get drunk? Moses, when he was motherless in the bulrushes. Anyway, okay, enough of those. Another, enough of those. <laughs> okay, so... Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept the flock. So Abel was a shepherd, and Cain worked the soil. So he was a farmer. Now, listen to these words. In the course of time, Cain bought some of the fruits of the soil, some of, and it was in the course of time, some of the fruits as an offering to the Lord. He thinks he's doing the right thing. And Abel also bought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Why? Because if you look at Cain, it was in the course of time, whenever it was, and it was only some of the fruits. Whereas Abel bought the offering, it was the first, the best and the first. That's what God desires from us. Now, you can go to heaven without believing what I'm gonna tell you today. You can be a Christian. You can have a relationship with God. But can I just be honest? I don't believe that you will get the very best of God. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I don't want anyone to walk out of here feeling bad. We, we really pray that people feel encouraged when they come to church. You can be a Christian. You can go to heaven. Because everyone, everyone talks about like, what do I need to do to get to heaven? Like, can, can I just scrape in? If you want the very best of God, you need to be honoring him in all aspects of your life. So today, I'm going to give you three principles and four practices that are going to help. And for us as pastors, just remember, please always have this perspective whenever you hear us preach. We just want the best for you. So anything that comes as a challenge, it's just because we want the best. It's like that gym instructor that you just want to kill sometimes, but they push you. They just want the best for you. It's like that dietitian that maybe you've hired to help you with your food. And you're like, you're starving me. Or you, you're making me eat foods I don't like. They just want the best for you. Because they know what it does when you finally, something clicks. And you get into that space. And all of a sudden, everything changes in your life because you've pushed through something. It's like with the fast that we're doing. I mean, I'm desperate to eat that chocolate that was given to me the other day. But I just can't. I just want you to experience freedom. So I'm going to give you three principles first. The first is this, and it's so simple. God must be first. Not he sh should be or maybe he must be first. It, it's the top of the list. Imagine a nativity scene at Christmas where you've got the, the manger out on the edge and then you've got the shepherds front and center. It, it's like, no, it, it's, it just doesn't make sense when he's not front and center. He has to be in the middle first because he put you first. Exodus 20 verse uh, 1 says, and, all God and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before, before me. That word gods is not necessarily like a, a, a religious type of gods, but it's actually 
he's speaking about the loves in our life, the, the passions and the priorities. God doesn't mind you loving other things, but it's just he must be first. Love the Lord your God all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He must be number one. It's okay to have other things. He doesn't mind you having those things, but it's just he must be first. And God is not asking anything from you that he hasn't first given to you. He gave his best and his first, and that's Jesus. And it cost him absolutely everything. And he just wants you to put him first. Easy, simple, he must be first. The second is, we put God first by giving him the first of everything. Now, when we hear this, a lot of Christians, and particularly non-Christians, cringe when they hear the word tithe and all sorts. Now, let me help you understand something. The, the, the principle of the first of the tithe often gets preached about in relation to finances. But it's so much more than that. It, it does, the, the tithe means 10%, but it doesn't just mean of our finances, okay? There's a principle here that whether you're a Christian or not, your, your life is determined by what you prioritize, what you value, what you, if you put your spouse first above every other person around you, you're gonna have a healthy marriage. There's a principle there, okay? Are you with me, everyone? So it's not just about money. There's a principle of putting God first in everything. First things have power. Now, I'm gonna nudge all of you a little bit to the deep end of the pool today. You know when you first like uh, start swimming, you, you, you play in the little, by the steps, and then you go to the little paddling area where it's a little bit deeper. But I'm gonna nudge all of us to the deep end. Is that okay? Some of you who are new to God or even first, Maybe this might not apply to you, and it's totally fine. And, and maybe even someone I'm going to share today that might only be conducive to an open chapel where they're a little bit harder hitting or maybe even a Bible college now, but, but I just really feel strongly I need to nudge you a little deeper today. Is that okay? Anyone want to go a little deeper? Okay. So this whole thing of the first, we put God first with everything, is a principle across all things in our life. Leviticus 27.30 says this, a tithe of everything from the land. There's a principle there. Where the grain from the soil, fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy. That word holy means set apart. It's special. It's to, it's to um, like prioritize, really. Everything. So yes, when it comes to our giving, and that's why often this is spoken about, you know, that you, um, you prioritize that and you give God, you're first. Now, I don't think it's actually got anything to do with the amount you give. It's all about whether you give it first. And even for me personally, it's the first thing that I do in the month. I, I don't pay everything else. By the way, pastors also have expenses, to, uh, just in case you didn't know that. My daughter started college in Pretoria. It was quite a thing, leaving her up there this week. Um, and I walked into her room this morning and she wasn't there. Anyway, so you can pray for us, but it's, I think I'm still kind of processing it, but um, I mean, she's like saying, okay, dad, what's the budget? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, we've got to, we, we try to figure all that stuff out. She's now, we, we're renting a place for her. She's got a, a car up there and, and we try to figure all that out. So we also, we have real life, because I don't know, sometimes people look at pastors and think, you know, we just live by faith and it's all easy for us. But one of the first things I do is I give to God. It's the first, before I pay anything else, I give to God. Now, some of you say, well, why would you do that? Because you, you're employed by this. It's the first thing I do, is I tithe first, and I give to God first, because it's about priority. It's about the order, okay? 
I think you can even give 10% to God, but if he's not first, it's not a tithe. A lot of people also say, well, you know, surely you don't have to give, uh, you, you can just give as you, f- yes, you can. But I think a lot of time use that excuse because they just want to give less and they don't want to give first. They'll see what they got left at the end. And God just wants to be first. And if you look at Deuteronomy 14, we don't have time to go there, but it actually shows us the purpose of this principle that it's always to put God first. It actually says so that you may learn to revere God. It's actually where our hope and our trust is in, is where we put it put first. The uh, Proverbs uh, 3 Verse 9 in the message says this, Honor God with everything you own. Give Him the first and the best. So the second principle is we put God first by giving Him the first of everything. I'm going to come back to a little bit more of this later when we look at the practicalities. The other thing is, this is so important. The first has the power to bless the rest. You really got to catch this today. The first has the power to bless the rest. It does not make sense. Like, and I use this often as an example, you know when you're feeling so tired, the last thing you want to do is exercise. But when you prioritize that, what does it actually do? It does the opposite. It actually gives you energy. So it doesn't make sense. It's almost like a principle that God has designed. So when we first honor Him, it has the power to bless the rest. And I honestly and I don't say this in any boastful way, but I look at my life and it's, it's a favor story. It's a blessing. And I think, and, and uh, there was, uh, Bill Hubbles uh, once illustrated this so well, and I don't have time to go into it or show it, but he, he speaks about two types of people and both think each other's crazy. But he speaks about a type of people that all they think about is going from A to B in their lives when it comes to so many things. Um, when it comes to uh, finance as well, I've got to get from eight from the beginning of the month to the end of the month with that much. And that's all they think about. And they just scrape through. But that's their perspective. But then there's this faith-filled believer who's putting God first, experiences something else. And that's not just A to B, but it's B to C. That person only sees A to B. They don't even understand the C. And I believe when we honor God with the first, we'll have a life full of sea stories. Are you with me? There will be unexpected stories, not just about getting A to B. I'm going to save this, and I need to leave that there, and I need to do this. There's going to be unexpected favor and blessing. I have seen that over and over and over again in my life, just from the smallest thing to the biggest things. I'll never forget this. I was saving towards a guitar, and I was leading worship at a church in Joburg, and a lady came up to me and said, here's some money towards your new guitar. I was like, I I didn't tell anyone. I was like, that's a C story. Are you with me? That's a C story. And I I mean, I could could stand you all day. Do you remember we did the F word uh, series a few years ago? Some are saying we should do it again, but it was a whole whole, uh, series on on favor. How God, God has C stories for all of your lives. And some of you are not tapping into those C stories because you're concerned with getting to B. Remember I said this is the deep end today. Are you getting nudged into the deep end? If you feel like drowning a little bit, that's good. Because (laughs) that's when you can rely on God. Like, I I don't understand what what Hilton's saying all this about, but I just know that I've been nudged somewhere. If you want to experience these stories, you have to understand that when you give God your first, that he will bless the rest. Proverbs 3 says, honor the Lord with your wealth. 
with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled. Listen to this. Not just filled, A to B. What does it say? Filled to overflowing. Overflowing doesn't make sense. It's like, well, that's wastage. God, is, God was reckless in sending his son Jesus to us. It seemed like, wow, that's, that, that, that's a costly thing. God wants to bless your life to overflowing so that there's, there's room, there's margin, there's blessing. And, it, and I'm not just talking financial here. I'm talking about all aspects of your life where you just have capacity for the incredible things that God has for your life. I really hope you're catching this today because I, I, I've, I've written down some notes, but I'm just feeling God, Holy Spirit, even speak into some of these things. Okay? I'm trusting him to do that today as you go into the deep end. It says that your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all the sea stories, will be given to you as well. So the real principle here is actually about first things. Now, I'm going to nudge you even further into the deep end. Is that okay? You thought you were in the deep end. I've just given you three principles, and we could leave it there. How much time I got left? Ooh, I really got to hurry. I'm going to give you four places to put God first, and I'm going to make it practical so that you can understand today. The first is this. Give God the first of your year with prayer and fasting. Now, I know this is hard off the back of Christmas where you've just eaten as much as you like. But I really believe there's something powerful in honoring God with the first of the year. We've often done fasts in the beginning of the year, but from now on and going forward, I think we, it's something we want to implement every single year because I just believe there's power in honoring him with the first of our year, okay? I remember doing a, a, a Bible college fast. Adele made us fast for five days. No food. It was just water. And I, I was too weak to go to college on the Thursday, and then I found out everyone had soup at college, and I missed it. I might have downed a Pranutra drink once that week. I'm not quite sure, but... Uh, Liquidizes T-bone steak. Um, but we want to, we are on a 21-day uh, fast, 1st of Feb uh, to 21st of Feb. And I really want to encourage you to be here at prayer on Tuesday. Because it's, it's kind of the beginning of the year for us. Things are kind of kicking off. And I, I just really, if, if you want to honor God with the first of your year, be here on Tuesday at 5.30 to 6.30. And when you look at Jesus, when he started his ministry, he got baptized, and then what did he do? Before he did anything, before his ministry actually started, he went and he prayed and he fasted in the desert. And there's um, different types of fasts that I'm going to give to you, but look here in Acts 10, 38. What happened when Jesus uh, did that, it actually says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I just want God to be with me, and I want God to be with you. And we need God. We need His Holy Spirit. We need His anointing. And I just think it's a principle here in honoring Him first. So just very briefly, four types of fasts that you could do, and it's not too late to join us. And maybe the word fasting is like a swear word to you. Like, i got to be honest. I remember when my parents were leading the church, they would mention a fast. I was like, oh, no. I hate it. I, I really do. But I, I'm trying to get onto it and what it actually, and it, it's a principle thing. But there's four ways it can actually we can make it work for you. So the first is, uh, and, and this is a brave one, a lot of people do this, but it's a complete fast where maybe it's just water and liquids. I would encourage those who are maybe doing that even now or want to do that, you can still join us for a couple of weeks, um, is get medical uh, advice, if, if, if you, especially if you're on medication, just if, if you can, actually your body can handle that. The second is a selective fast. So you select certain foods that you're not gonna have. So 
the model of the, the 21 days actually comes from the Daniel fast, which he did three weeks, 21 days, where it's no meats, sweets, and breads. So no refined food. And um, that's something that you can do where you just select certain things that you are not going to have. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's chocolate and sweets or whatever it is. But you can, you can fast certain things. The third is a partial fast where you eat anything you want, but just not all day. So you go, well, I'm going to fast breakfast. Maybe breakfast is important to you. Or I'm going to fast lunch. Or I'm going to fast whatever it is. And I know it's become quite a, a, a fad at the moment, intermittent fasting. So not only is it healthy for your body, but just remember fasting is not for you to lose weight. Okay? <laughs> it does have some health benefits. Um, but the idea behind it is that when you put aside those things, you 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 giving God your first and you're praying even during those times when you're hungry or you're putting aside. And, and I just think there's a principle in this. What you starve dies, what you feed thrives. So we're gonna feed our spiritual lives and I just believe our spiritual lives will thrive as we starve the flesh, the natural desires. Are you with me? Uh, so that's posh fast. The fourth type of fast, um, which is quite popular these days, because I think sometimes um, it's necessary, and that's a soul fast, where you set aside things that are polluting your soul. And in today's world, there's many things like that. The news can pollute your soul. Social media. Some of you don't need to fast 21 days on social media. You need to fast 210 years on social media. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but whatever it is, Netflix, or you're just going, you know, this consumes too much of my time. It actually pollutes my soul. I'm going to set it aside and use that time just to spend time with God. It's quite terrifying when you look on your phone and you see how much time you spent on Netflix or Facebook or Instagram. Let's just be honest here, but it's normally way more than the Bible app, right? Have you looked at that before? So those are four ways you can fast. And the idea is just to get away from the, the mundane, the usualness of life, and have special times of just focusing on God, just putting Him first, replacing meals or replacing certain things with, with prayer. So that's one thing that you can do. The second, and I said I'll come back to this, and I, I did touch on it as a principle, but I was trying to make you understand that it's more than just finances. But honestly, one practical way is to give God the first of my month with my tithes and offerings. Some of you might think or say, yeah, but isn't that an Old Testament principle? Actually, in Matthew 23, it says, yeah, Jesus says this. Yes, you should tithe. But he, what he's saying is there's other things that are actually sometimes more important. So he doesn't disregard the tithe because he doesn't want to make it a law thing. It's a principle thing. Okay. So he says, yes, we should tithe. But it's about getting the order right. Now, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. Who's your source? Who sustains you? Because as soon as you think it's you and your ability, that your job is your provider or your boss is your provider, I think you've just got it wrong. God is your provider. And we need to understand that. Get our priorities right. And, and I spoke about it in the worship earlier. We're here for him. It's, it's, it's all sustained by him. And can I just say, and I don't want to say too much on this because I think we, we, we share an offering message every night again, but you'll never know until you try. Give it a try. Give it a try for a year, and I can promise you now, just like reading the Bible for a year, your life will completely change. I, I just believe in it. For us as a church, we don't have to do this because we are nonprofit, right? But we've always believed in the principle of honoring God first. So we give, and I explained to you a couple weeks ago, I think it was in our Vision Sunday, that we, um, as a church, 
have given away this last year over a million rand, which is just absolutely incredible. This year I'm trusting for more. But we honor God first. We support and give to ministries. And we've heard the scripture before, Malachi 3.10. It's, it's really common when it comes to this. But I just want you to understand it. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. So where you, your, your spiritual home, where you get fed, there's, there's power in that, investing into the space. And it, it says this, test me in this. That's what I'm saying. Give it a try for a year. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see, here again you see the overflowing, the vats are full. I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not be room enough to store it. But not only that, but he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. There's a protection that comes and there's a covering that comes and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord. There's almost like his timing will be just perfect. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord God Almighty. I want this church to be blessed. I really do. I want all of you to be blessed. And there's a principle here. And we looked at that scripture earlier about honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits. But just before that, it says, actually acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. So give it a try. The third is, give God the first of my week with consistent church attendance and a true Sabbath. I spoke about it three weeks ago about being devoted. And I wanna encourage you guys, every week that you are here in town, I know a lot of you guys go away uh, and there's holidays and long weekends, I get that. And maybe what's awesome with online, hello to those online, you can catch us even while you're away. But every week you are home. We, we, we give you two options to come, nine in the morning or six at night. Can you make that a priority? Because I just don't want you to miss out on what God is doing. And I believe that we need to honor God with the first of our week, which is a Sunday. A Sunday is a time for you to grow in your spiritual journey. It's also a time for you, like most of you today, are gonna go relax, maybe sit around the pool, eat some nice food, Who's going to have a Sunday afternoon sleep? Anybody? Okay. Only a few honest people in church. I'll have a little Sunday dose. You know, even if it's a 20, 30 minutes, so nice. Especially in a hot day like this, if you've got an air conditioner, you put it on and it's, oh, it's so nice. And that's what the Sabbath is. It's a time to rest. I work on a Sunday. But on my day off, Jen and I on a Friday, we, we have a Friday so we can have a, a, a two-day weekend. We used to have it on a Monday. Um, I must admit, I love Sunday nights because I'm normally quite tired on a Sunday night to so just put my feet up, have scrambled egg on toast and catch up on all the sport. It's really nice. But on a Friday, Jen and I, uh, obviously we're kids, so we have to get them to school and all that, but then we just chill. Sometimes we go for a run. Uh, I normally would listen to some kind of podcast or read and feed my soul. Um, we have a coffee somewhere, sometimes have a lunch and just, just really enjoy that day. That, that's what the Sabbath is for. We've got to get the order right. Your, day st your week starts today because you, you work out of a place of rest. It's so important maybe even in your calendar, change your first day of the week to Sunday. Get the order right. Get the priority right. But it's so important. Make a commitment, guys, today that for, for church and just to, to be here because it's so important to replenish your soul. Set aside some time, even today, just to enjoy the day. Enjoy it with family and friends and eat some good food. And maybe... You're not getting all that God has for you, not because it's God's fault, but it's yours, because you just haven't honored the Sabbath and prioritized these things. Even from Jesus, we learn in Luke 4, it says, yeah, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. That's just what he did, and he stood up to read, as was his custom. What is your custom on the Sabbath? Do you know that Harvard, and I'm going to 
do the fourth point and close, did a study. They looked at the divorce rate, which is just terrifying around the world. And they did a study, this is Harvard here, of what would decrease the divorce rate. And they believed, and they discovered something that they weren't expecting to, because it, in, it, it involved a spiritual practice, that it did, reduced it to one in 1,246. So one as to 1,246, that the divorce rate was reduced with people who attended church, read the Bible, and prayed. Isn't that incredible? This is a Harvard study. It reduced. Now, I know Christians get divorced, and I know Christians go through challenges, but there's proof there. It's a study. They weren't expecting this, but that's what it showed. And then the last and the fourth thing is give God the first of my day with word, worship, and prayer. God just wants to spend time with you. And you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. It's like any discipline. You have to be intentional. But if you just give God the first of your day, like Jesus did, he says here in Mark 1, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Psalm 5, you look at David. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. There's something powerful about the first of the day doesn't mean all day, but there's something about the first. And all of you can do this. And I remember I said to you in the deep end, I want you to try something if you haven't already. Is try give God the first 15 of your day. I know, even for Jen and I, we, we've spoken about it before. Something just realigns and, and it works well when you are starting the day with these three things, which is just spend five minutes even reading the word. Just a few minutes, Okay. Read a, a New Testament uh, chapter or a psalm. If you're on the one-year Bible with us, uh, li listen to that or, or read that. I also enjoy just, I, I sometimes even this morning just put on a worship song. I love my AirPods. It's, I just shut off to the world. I put them in my ear and I can just like enjoy. But, but there's something about just spending a moment just to, in worship, listening to a song. Worship is not just music, but just worshiping God. Thank God just for who he is. It doesn't need to be out loud. It can be. I mean, there have been times where I've been running and then on my own, I just put up my hands <laughs> and there was, uh, I ran past someone, a little bit of a strange guy, you know. Uh, anyway, but there's power in that. Um, and then just spend five minutes praying. It's so simple. Just talk to Jesus. And it's not about you always talking to him. Just say, God, well, what do you want to say to me today? And I promise you now he will work. He will speak to you. So first 15 principle. Now, one of the frustrating things, as I kind of wrap this up, it, of our job as pastors, is I know what God has for you. I know, though, what it requires for you to get it. And I've nudged you to the deep end a little bit today because I just want you to get it. I know some of you have got it. But I'm really hoping out of today, something is gonna just tick in your mind. Something's gonna change and you're going to get this principle of the first. And I want to hear the stories. I really do. Please. I want praise reports. Saying, God, I started honoring it with my first. With my morning, with my tithe, with my time, with, with whatever it is. I want to hear the story. Because I really believe that God will come through. And there will be overflowing and blessing in your life like never before. But you have to acknowledge that you need to change something. And I end off with this incredible poem that I read. 
I walk down the street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. The next day, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes me a long time to get out. I walk down the same street the next day. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it as there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open and I know where I am. It's my fault. I get out immediately. How often is life just feel like this? We do the same thing over and over again. Now, I love this. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Woo, well done. You're learning. But then the next day, I walk down another street. <laughs> walk down another street today. Maybe you haven't been honoring God with the first. Say, God, I want to walk down the other street. The Bible talks so much about walking the opposite way to the way that you've been going. God, I want to put you first. Let's pray. God, you've challenged us today. You've even challenged me in preparing for this. When we read your word, we challenge because we're so selfish by nature and we, we just, in our lives, we, we just think we've got it all together and we, we're so used to habit and doing something a certain way. But I pray today by your spirit that there would be many in this room that will walk down a different street. Just had a picture of some of you guys trying to walk two streets. You've got one foot there in the world, one foot here. You're going to do the splits. Splits are painful. Just in your heart, just say, God, you know, as hard as it is, would you help me? I, I just want to put you first in my life. Make that commitment to him. It's costly. But when you find yourself in the deep end and you, 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 you give up, that's when someone can come in and save you and pull you out. And that's what Jesus did for all of us. By his grace, he saved us. And when we give up and say, God, I can't do this on my own, I need your help. So God, would you help this church in all areas of our life to put you first? And at the beginning of a year, even though we're in February already, but at the beginning of this year, we, we, we just want to honor you with the first in all ways. Lord, I make that commitment to you. And I pray that many in the church would too. And my last prayer is for anyone here today. You've never put God first. You've always just been walking down the street your own way, but you keep falling into that hole. And you're like, oh, scratching your head and going, yeah, I, I actually need to change things up here. I need to put God first and I need him to show me a new path. And if you're here today, I'd love to pray with you. And uh, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but just so I know who I'm praying with, it's a simple prayer we're gonna pray to, to say, God, I wanna put you first and give my life to you. If you would like to pray that prayer with me today, um, we're all gonna pray it together, but if if, if just so I know who I'm praying with. Is, is anyone, just you can just pop up your hand just very quickly, thank you. Anyone else want to pray? Thank you. Anyone else? Just a few hands have gone up. Anyone else want to pray that prayer? That's awesome. Maybe for some of you, it's just a, a recommitment today and, and you, you can pray it out loud. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, from today, I'll put you first. 
I'm sorry for my past and I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could experience grace, forgiveness, and freedom. And Lord, I want to live for you from today. Come and live in my heart by your spirit and make me into the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.